grab a six or a cold one, and whatever else trips your trigger, we're about to embark on a dynasty road trip. That's right, we'll tool around the back roads of fantasy football land, taking in the sights of 10 and 12-man dynasty leagues. But leave your keys at home, because here's your drivers, Ron and Jonah. So let's uh, belly up to the fantasy bar here. Uh, I got my drink in hand, got my little special homebrew on tap, and uh, feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's Sunday. Um, end of the weekend of a bunch of free agency moves. Uh, felt kind of safe maybe today to try to hop in on some stuff so it doesn't change five minutes after you report on it. And even if it does, we're, we've kind of reached that tier of acquisitions where it's the, all the most of the big moves are done. Right, right. Uh, you know, I think what, what we've kind of learned, and, and we know this, but um, the, the kind of way it breaks down from a, from a dynasty football standpoint is quarterback is the biggest offseason moves always. Mm-hmm. Uh, wide receivers, uh, they're kind of number two on the list because they can yeah. take a, a quarterback and, and change how good a quarterback is. Tight ends are like tight ends for the whole season. You're like, huh wonder if yeah. they'll use them and it's it's positional need hit yeah this. yeah it's it's that's team to team um i can't really think i was gonna you know address that a little bit i was trying to think of the last like really big like ooh, that tight end's going there that'll be interesting and and the one that popped into my head was when jimmy graham went to seattle oh they're gonna say ricky seals jones to new york well that's gigantic so <laughs> i mean i mean yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, the free agent, and really, that wasn't even a free agency. That was a trade, wasn't it? Yeah, the top tight ends don't generally see the market. And as no. they've shown us so far this offseason, nobody's been afraid to franchise those bastards. No, no, uh, not at all. Or or they kind of try to sign them. Yeah, you know, you've, you've tight end, a, a good game-changing tight end is rare. They, they tend to, more than any other position, stay with their team for a long time. Well, you know, we've we've established it takes, I mean, it used to be the old fantasy wives tale, three years for a tight end. Well, uh, no, or three years for a wide receiver to figure it out. Yeah. Like, tight ends are more like five. It's a decade. Yeah. It's a half uh, a decade till you know whether or not he's even viable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think of the guys like the Jason Wittens, Tony Gonzalez, um, Jimmy Graham. I mean, those guys were were so good for so long. And Travis Kels right now. Witten was another one. He took a few years to develop into um, something that people took seriously. I mean, I yep. think uh, I won our uh, old keeper league with Jason Witten in like 2003. And he yeah. still wasn't, he wasn't a top flight tight end then. No, no it takes a while. Well, and, th- and then you get into the running backs, which really, they just, they hang out there forever. And I, I do think we'll, we'll address this at the end of the, the pod today, but uh, I think teams are, are much more willing now to take a running back in the draft uh, than pay a guy. I mean, yeah. And you know, there's elite running back talent that's available via free agency means they're 26 years old. So they're no longer elite running back talent. I hate to say it, but well, and I think the NFL, what the NFL is really telling us right now is they really don't value that running back position. Like you said, they'll, Oh, sign a guy to a contract. Like, no, I'll go get a 22 year old that I can control for four to five years. 
at a low price. And when he needs that second contract, he can go find himself out on that free agent market where there is absolutely no takers. Let someone else pay that giant second contract. I think it's one of those positions too, that every year a running back is going to be like, I can, I can make more money. And then they're going to kind of come back to the team and be like, you're right. I can't get any money. You know, well, I mean, there's a, there's a few younger guys out there in this class, and I thought there would just be some desperation panic signings. Like I said, mm-hmm. I kept looking to Houston, like Houston's going to overpay Cordell Cordero Patterson or or Penny. Like, no, nobody is no. biting on these guys. No, no, they're not. And let's, I mean, I guess we can tie into our our first segment uh, here, running back into quarterback. Uh, with the Colts, because here's a team with uh, arguably the best young running back in the NFL, right? I mean, you could say Jonathan Taylor right now is a top top, top three. Top three for sure. Who's their quarterback? I'm not even sure who they have on the goddamn roster, to tell you the truth. Uh, I believe I could be wrong. Scott Tolzien? I believe it's Jake Fromm. Does that sound right? Oh, that sounds possible. Who's ever the guy that came in and and played as good as Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz was out as Jake Fromm, which is a big, big, big problem. But, you know, we, we want to start a new segment here, and um, we're doing this on Zoom. I cannot see your face while we talk about this next segment. <laughs> I'll, I'll get um, behind the windscreen. <laughs> so so we're, doing a, we're doing a new piece where we'd like to call it well, you know oh, how it goes. You get on Twitter oh, and you see these guys and they're like, every fan base, we're getting this guy. Have you heard oh, this guy's coming in? Oh, we're about to sign this guy. Oh, oh God. You I'm, so excited. I'm so excited. Here it comes. Oh, oh. I oh, didn't he, he come. He signed somewhere else. Premature. Mature. Acquisition. Acquisition. So. I think there's no better premature acquisition than Jimmy Garoppolo being a Colt. I mean, it was talked about and guaranteed, and this is what was going to happen. I mean, even before Carson Wentz went to the commanders, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was talked about being the next quarterback of the Colts. And we thought this well before we knew Russell Wilson would be a Bronco well before we knew uh, Deshaun Watson would be a Brown before we knew Carson Wentz would be a commander. Um, So here we are, all these teams have shuffled through the quarterback carousel and we have three teams that legit do not have day one quarterback on their roster. Um, We have got the Colts, we've got the saints and we've got the Panthers. So I'd like to cover each three of those and maybe we can make some premature acquisitions ourselves. Well, I already did that to you earlier. I uh, you did. Pre- you did. Pre- prematurely sent uh, Winston back to the saints and the, Oh wait, no, no. I'm reading reports that that's yeah. Ah, uh, shit. I just did it. He did it. Yeah. You, you premature acquisition before the podcast, which is a premature, premature acquisition. Right. Which means I had to go shower off before we even started recording and put the whole right. thing back about 10, 15 minutes. And yeah, threw through the rhythm all off. I don't recommend it. No, that's, that's not good. Um, <clears throat> so let, let's, let's look at these three teams. And, and now that we know what's shuffled out, um, you, you and me kind of talked Jimmy Garoppolo here in this situation. Right. Uh, your your point was being that uh, at at this point, 
the 49ers might be sitting there and saying, uh, we, we just need a veteran. We'll put Trey Lance out there, but we need to have Jimmy G on the roster. Right. I don't understand why they would do that. If they, I mean, cause they've said for months that Jimmy G was on the block. They were planning on moving him, but unlike uh, some of the, you know, the teams you named earlier going and locking up Brissett and, uh, yeah. you know, and, and, and his, his brethren in that uh, tier of quarterbacks, they didn't go add any veteran depth. And now it appears that they're still looking at trading their only veteran depth. So I, I don't, I don't see why they would part with him. And I don't understand why people would pay up uh, draft capital <laughs> and, and then have to worry about signing this fucking guy to a huge contract. It seems so prohibitive for anybody to pick him up. The only team I see out there that, that needs like the, the, the Colts need a quarterback. I mean, like, like the Colts have the Colts were one Jacksonville Jaguar victory away from making the playoffs. They've got a good defense. They've got Jonathan Taylor. They've got Michael Pittman. They've got a good offensive line. Um, they, they really are one of those teams that's like maybe a wide receiver and a quarterback away from being able to be a, a not just a playoff contender, but make a, a run two or three games in. Um, and there's, but they, still, there's still a chance that they could technically upgrade on their quarterback from last year. So uh, uh, theoretically. So we're, we're talking about the, the guys left out there. Uh, right now you've got Baker Mayfield, who's clearly going to be traded. The, I mean, he was going to be traded before the Brissett signing, but that just stamped it. Yeah. He's, like, he's, because he's they gone. Went, they went and got their veteran depth. Right. Put behind like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, San Francisco, you get rid of any depth you have because we know nobody out there has ever gotten injured. So for the Colts, I see um, Baker Mayfield still the Jimmy Garoppolo trade is still on the table. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, I don't see that being a team that makes sense to be taking a rookie quarterback early in the draft. And not early, no. <clears throat> it's just that's not the right that's not the right place. So uh, why, don't, why don't you make a premature acquisition on the Colts? What's who do you, what do you think is going to end up going on there? I would, uh, I, I keep looking to see Baker Mayfield show up on the Colts. He seems like a good fit. He definitely seems like an upgrade over Wentz. Um, I think he's mobile. I think he's got a good arm. I think they've got enough pieces around him. I, I still, I think he's better than Jimmy Garoppolo. It just comes down to a matter of, I think how much they have to pay and what the price difference between those two is. But I agree with you. I think one of those quarterbacks gets traded into Indy because they're just too damn close to, uh, to go to a rookie. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say they still pull off the Jimmy G trade. Um, and, and the reason why I say this is <clears throat> The 49ers spent so much unbelievable draft capital on Trey Lance. I know they'd like to have him sit, but my goodness. I mean, they have no first-round picks for the next three drafts because of it. And, I, and, oh, and Jimmy G won't get you a first, but I could just see a scenario on draft day when the uh, the picks start rolling in and this, like, you know, that, that first round goes through. You're starting to look, and the 49ers are like, oh, man, this guy's still out there. We thought he'd be in the first and you've got Jimmy G. I, could, I and the Colts would be desperate enough. You might be able to flip uh, two for Jimmy G on draft day. You think so? I, I just can't see paying more than a third for him. I I, I agree, but you look at what 
th- think about this. The Colts just got um, what they got in the Wentz deal is unbelievable. Yeah. Really. So, I mean, they're sitting on enough. They've got enough picks in that spot to say, even if we gave up a second, we still got all these thirds in the draft. So I could see them giving up a, a second and may, maybe they give up a second before the 49ers would give up a third sort of scenario. Right. But I think if you're going to pay that much, I think you got to go with Mayfield. I mean, he's the younger he's, he's signed. Like I think what's Jimmy G got one year left or something. Yeah. But and you're looking at a 30 something year old quarterback. Who's going to want big money. I mean, yeah, but a Baker Mayfield such a douchebag. Like, I just don't like him as a human being. Maybe that's me. Maybe that's my personal thing. But, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, if I'm a Colts fan, I'm trying to put myself in the Colts fan, I, I like the stability Jimmy G brings over the, the question of what Mayfield brings to the table. But they might, their hand is forced. So well, I think you are, we're divided on this one. Well, and the good thing for Mayfield is the Colts play indoors. So he's right. not going to have to worry about, you know, uh, when he's living at the stadium, it's, it's going to be it's going to be a lot more uh, a lot more palatable for him indoors. Mm-hmm. I think he needs to look at that. I, God, I, okay, after we're talking here, I'm going to say the Colts. Uh, I'm going to say the Colts sign Ryan Fitzpatrick. And oh, honestly, that crossed my mind in the middle of this too. Just just to cover their ass in case they can't make a deal for one of these two guys. So I'll I'll say the Colts pick up Ryan Fitzpatrick or hell they might even pick up Andy Dalton just just to get their Jeez. their well I mean that I then what about Dalton right that, then they've got their veteran guy even if they get one of the younger guys you know like because they they have no one they right. have no well, one on that and roster. that's what and if San Francisco does that they're they're in the same boat that's why like why don't why aren't they signing an Andy Dalton or a Fitzpatrick. Right. Like it makes me think that maybe that Jimmy G trade isn't as imminent as we've been thinking for well, I don't know three months. Well, the second they do that, they've lowered what they can get for Jimmy G because they've shown their hand to you know that they're looking. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But right. Uh, well, let's let's move on to uh, an easier one to look at. In my opinion is the Saints. Okay. Uh, yes. The Saints. The Saints are one of those franchises that now has permission to rebuild, right? From your fan oh, yeah. base. Oh, right? for sure. So, so uh, you've got Michael Thomas, who knows what you've got with him. Elvin Kamara is beating people up. Um, you've, you've lost Sean Payton. Um, that, that's a franchise that doesn't need to go get Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo and win no. now, right? That, that's, that the, one piece isn't going to help them enough to really change the standings. No, no. At all. Uh, Jameis Winston wasn't terrible for him before he got hurt. Um, I think I think the whole NFL is just kind of waiting for like I was surprised they were rumored in the, the Watson trade. Right. And and how close that came to him going there because that was not any talk at all last year of that that might be a place for Watson to go. Right. Um so I really look at the Saints going Winston and trying to and probably drafting a quarterback. Yeah. And uh yeah. <clears throat> Well, the thing for me with Winston was when it looked like there was about a four-hour window of premature acquisition where it looked like Watson to the Saints was going to happen. And when that looked like the case, that meant Mayfield stays put in Cleveland. And I was like, okay, Jameis Winston's going to have to wait for somebody to get hurt. 
Like I, I thought he's not even going to get signed now. It's going to take an injury for him to make a team as a starting caliber player. And I was like, oh, well, shuffle that around. I don't, yeah, I I think you bring back a, a veteran on a decent deal and uh, <laughs> oh, hope for the best. I agree. Let's move on to the last team we talked about, the Panthers. Um, wow. that That's a, what happened there? Matt, Matt Rule messed that up pretty good for them. Yeah, I mean, um, they were never in a great position, but man, they have they have noticeably degressed. They have. I saw they extended DJ Moore, so that's unfortunate for him. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you know, there's talk of Christian McCaffrey being involved in the trade at one point, which is not a good look for your franchise because he didn't get traded for a quarterback. So now he's there, probably disgruntled. Um, and, Matt, and paid. Right. Matt Rules is going to lose his job. Um, yeah. This will be his last year there. But then kind of one story that came out of the Sean Watson thing is that people don't want to go to Carolina either. We've seen that with free no, agency. They no. just don't. So th- <sighs> it, it's weird because Matt rule, it's, it's those coaches situations where Matt rule is going to push really, really hard to not draft a rookie quarterback because he knows that they won't win with a rookie quarterback and he'll lose his job. Right. And that'll be the next guy's quarterback. <clears throat> right. You can't lose with, you can't win with Sam Darnold. Um, I feel like that's a children's book, <laughs> right? The little golden books. <laughs> you can't win with Sam Darnold, um, but but you can't. You're also your uh, the GM's not going to trade his future draft capital for Matt Rule to win now. So I don't see. Oh my gosh! You know what? I had Jimmy G penciled in there for three months. That that was Me like too. as soon as they put him on the block, I was like, oh, he's in Carolina. They're going to back up the truck and sign him to a six-year deal for way too much money, and he's going to come in and be mediocre, and, and, and everybody's happy. I'm talking myself into thinking that Baker Mayfield's going to end up there all of a sudden. Hmm. Just, just as two franchises that are in a necessity situation – Right. That they can't go into next year with Sam Darnold, and the Browns can't go into next year with, with Baker Mayfield on their roster. Right, and like we said, the Saints it doesn't make any sense. No, uh, you're really looking at the Colts or the Panthers for them. That's about all you've got for star. I mean, Seattle's still in the mix, but uh, I, I think if anything, they're going to go with Drew Locke and probably draft another one. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they're trading for Baker. No, I don't think you're giving up draft capital. In fact, I don't think that's where they are. In fact, I'll say this. Uh, I, I'm gonna, uh, here's my premature acquisitions uh, for these teams. I'm going to say the Colts signed Fitzpatrick uh, and still might pull off a Jimmy G trade. I say the Saints signed Jameis Winston because they have to and try to draft. They'll be the team that tries to draft a quarterback. And I'm going to say the Panthers and Browns get forced into a deal that neither of them like and Mayfield ends up being the quarterback for the Panthers. Hmm. Here's my thought on Seattle, and this is why I didn't put on the list. They got so much in that Russell Wilson deal. Yeah, they're good. they're in a full they're full rebuild. Well, not rebuild. They, they're like fully retooling. They cut Bobby Wagner. That's also a sign that they're like yep shed some you know, cap <clears throat> shed some cap, and then they might roll with Drew Locke. Um, but you know they they don't. That's fine for them. Like them rolling with Drew Locke and him not being good is actually beneficial for next year when they start to cash in all these chips. So, right. yeah, I, I I don't 
I don't see that being a team who who is in the market. Um, no, I mean, hell, they haven't even – they've got like, what, one running back under contract? And they yeah. still haven't yeah. made any moves there. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a full draft retool. Yep, yeah, I agree. This is kind of fun what we get to do now. We get to take our real – our first real dynasty road trip together. Hot damn. And, I mean, it's beautiful out. I mean, it is perfect road trip and weather. Um, what do you think? You think we should fuel up, uh, maybe grab one for the road? And I was just going to say that I'm looking at an empty glass. I think I'm going to pay my tab here at the fantasy bar. And, uh, yeah, I think we'll get them to put one in a little styrofoam cooler for me or something as to uh, avoid any unwanted attention. It's time to settle up at the bar in the bathroom. Top off that tank and grab one for the road. Cause we're about to take you around the league on a dynasty road trip. I think maybe since uh, I'm still in coffee mode and you've moved on to the afternoon, maybe I need to take the wheel today. Yeah, that's probably a safe bet. Yeah. Yeah, I should probably do that. I mean, they're tiny beers, but I think I'm already on number four. So Nice. I am well into a pot of coffee, so Mm. I should should be full-on paranoid by the time we make our first turn. <laughs> well, I guess yeah, that makes more sense for the driver then. I'll just Yeah, yeah. I will be defensively driving. Actually, offensively driving is my favorite way to drive. Yeah, it's a good point. Uh you've actually I mean, remember I had this theory um when we used to road trip that uh that you don't wait for the raccoon to hit your car. Right. The best You drive defense. towards the raccoon. Yeah. The best defense is a good offense. Yeah. So we would, uh, I'd be chasing road, <laughs> chasing vermin. Get out of the road, you son of a bitch. They, they move quicker when you go at they, them. Otherwise. They do. They do. They sit there paralyzed with fear and then they just get run over and becomes a whole thing. Um, I think I'll start the road trip with some music and what better music to listen to than head up to Buffalo to listen to a wonderful barbershop quartet. Ah, we're going to shuffle off to Buffalo. We're going to shuffle off to Buffalo. And for those of you who don't know out there with my reference to a barbershop quartet is that the Buffalo Bills are actually named after a barbershop quartet known as the Bills back in the day. I did not know that. You did not know that? I did not know that. That is a true story, sir. The Buffalo Bills are named after a barbershop quartet. And Nothing more terrifying than that. The Buffalo Bills ah. were a barbershop quartet for Buffalo, New York. Okay. In 1947. Wow. Uh, predates the football team. A football team formerly known as the Buffalo Bisons also changes name to the Bills around the same time. The name proved popular enough that the current Buffalo Bills team also picked up the name that they debuted 13 years later. Uh, okay. So okay. it's... The, they're the source of the whole Buffalo Bills name, and it's has been kind of yes. aggregated over the years. Well, that yeah. is interesting. Well, then I guess yeah. we can leave that in there. Yeah, it's true. That's good enough. Let's go up to Buffalo. I, I mean, here's a franchise that's in great shape. They didn't really have what they they were one uh, overtime rule away from possibly moving on, right? So from a dynasty standpoint, we're going to go through any kind of offensive uh player that they've signed outside of linemen that would uh 
have any impact down the road. Um, so we'll just go over uh, some pieces. They've added Case Keenum to replace Mitch Trubisky. That means solid. nothing. Yeah, so you know, that, solid backup. If if Josh Allen gets hurt, Case Keenum might be a spot start for you in a game or two. Uh, Jake Camaro. That's what I'm going to call him. Uh, <laughs> that's what Aaron Rodgers calls him too. Yeah, yeah. He's got a he's got a soft spot for old old cum, cum cakes. He does. Um, he uh, he resigned a deal that means nothing. Isaiah McKenzie resigned a two year deal, hmm. which I would tell you doesn't mean anything except they let old uh, Cole unvaccinated Beasley go. Um, Emmanuel and- Sanders gone too. You know what? I think he is on. He is gone. Okay, he is yeah. gone. So, so he so, could potentially have moved up in the depth chart. He would be their slot receiver. So Isaiah McKenzie, wow. worth 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 just a little note. They used him last year when Cole Beasley was hurt. He had two actually very good games. So keep that in mind. Um, I think the big story is the, the player whose stock goes way up next year is Gabriel Davis. Yeah, and then they made an interesting signing which uh, I don't think we like from a dynasty standpoint because it took two relevant tight ends and made them not as relevant. Um, what the fuck? Well, I, I hate to say this, but NFL teams do not keep our dynasty football teams in mind when they make decisions. No, and, and they really need to do something about that, the sons of bitches. The players have started to get on that page, not the owners or the coaches yet. Um, but the Bills went out and signed O.J. Howard, I, uh, which means which means O.J. Howard is still not the number one wide receiver on a team, and it means Dawson Knox is going to catch less touchdowns than last Wouldn't year. Wouldn't you think he'd be scarred by being a first-round draft pick that just could never get out of the muddled tight end situation to a starting spot, and he leaves and goes to a place where he's already got somebody in front of him? I... I, I don't understand the signing from his point. I, I would say this. I think you and I both really like OJ Howard and the NFL tells us that we are wrong. Right. They're like, no, no, he's because, big. You guys think, no, he's just a yeah. guy. Yeah. Cause Evan Ingram got more money than him, a better deal. Which was shocking. I mean, right. that guy can't stay on the field and not that OJ Howard's been the picture of, of health, but Evan Ingram is the definition of an injury dude. Right. So, I mean, dynasty stock here, we're, we're talking Gabriel Davis has gone up. Isaiah McKenzie has gone up. Dawson Knox has gone down and Josh Allen has stayed about the same. Right. If anything, a mild bump, I I don't know. Maybe they just looked at new England and was like, Hey, two tight ends up there. They, they like to ruin value of two potentially useful guys. Let's, let's do that too. We yeah. also want two tight ends and use them both less. That sounds like a good decision. That sounds like what the NFL in general is doing. And I think as we take this road trip, we might, uh, we might see that hash itself out. Agreed. Uh, let's go down to warm, sunny Miami, um, where they said, want a hot mess of decision-making? Here you go. So good, good luck to all you dynasty players out there when you've decided that you're going to dip your toes into uh, Miami water here. They signed uh, Teddy Bridgewater to back up Tua, Teddy which Tua means, loves. which means 
uh, two Teddy two gloves. That's a fun little tongue twister. You got two Teddy two gloves. Um, it, it, honestly, for me, that's not a good sign for Tua. No, it means that they wanted to sign a guy who was no threat to Tua, that when he has a bad game, the fans aren't going to start clamoring for Teddy Bridgewater to come in. Right. They needed right. a guy who's competent, but not good enough that people are going to call for it. I mean, the fact that that bridge is in Teddy's name is phenomenal because that's what he has been. He's been the bridge quarterback for uh, for this scenario in many places. I mean, last year he was the bridge quarterback for Drew Locke, and he beat out Drew Locke. You know, before <laughs> that he was the bridge quarterback until they, you know, uh, until. Jameis Winston was going to be there. And then, I mean, he's just been, been moved around as this bridge quarterback. Well, and I think uh, it was the same thing in Denver. I don't think yeah. they had planned on him winning that no. job. And it was like, no, absolutely fuck. not. Absolutely not. That was, uh, now let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was just a, that was like one of those situations where as a Broncos fan, somehow having a competition between Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater made you forget that it was Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. One of these guys is going to be really good. And then you're like, no, one of these guys is going to be not as bad. One of these guys is going to start. That's, that's the only thing we can say for sure. Right. Here's, here's some nice clarity we got though, because we were talking about how, how the running back who ends up in Miami would probably supplant all their running backs. And we would finally have some clarity there. Right. Which we don't. We don't they, at all. They signed Chase Edmonds to a two-year deal, and then for uh, a day you were like, oh, I guess he's Chase, their guy. Yeah. He's their guy. Uh, then they turned right around and signed Raheem Mostert as well, which made you then go, oh, they're using dual running backs because why would you sign two guys when you already had I, – I have to look and see who's actually – I know I know they signed Selvin Ahmed – for another oh, year okay. yeah that that's for sure i have to look and see i don't i believe miles gaskins is still there gaskins yeah he's signed because right? a couple weeks ago i had a guy who was going all in on gaskin he's my number three dynasty running back coming into next year and like dude are you you fucking serious you're gonna come in in february and anoint your third best fantasy dynasty running back for next year like he's already third on the fucking depth chart it hasn't been a month like how about yeah. how about fucking calm down in February and try not to be a fucking genius, okay? What what's happening to Miami is, you know, their coach came over, Mike McDaniels came over from the 49ers and I feel like they're trying to do what they did there where they're like, yeah. let's get six guys who's ever not injured will be our starting running back forever. So so I believe the starting running back for the Miami Dolphins next year will be a 6th round pick in this year's draft. <laughs> Uh, I talked to a Dolphins fan and he's excited about all these signings. He, the, the one he points to is right below Mostert, Alex Ingold. He says, he said, he said, and I don't know anything about him, but he's apparently another San Francisco guy along with uh, Mostert and uh, who is it? They signed another wide receiver from the 49ers as well. But uh, he said he's basically one of the top blocking fullbacks because, I, I mean, he's got to be because I think there's only three mm-hmm. left. But uh, essentially, he said that to him, the Edmonds, 
Mostert signing along with the guys they have on the roster and bringing in in gold tells him that they plan on ground and pound the ball up the middle uh, and taking the pressure off of Tua. That, that is, uh, you know, it's an optimistic a, viewpoint, but that's a downtrodden fan who's got to get excited about the pullback. <laughs> and uh, I think that kind of goes without saying when you say Miami fan. <laughs> I, that's not the, I have not heard anyone get excited about their fullback in in a decade. And I didn't I, know that they were that he'd even sign this guy. And he's like, "Yeah, they signed uh, Mostert's fast as hell. Edmonds is fast as hell. They got a run blocking fullback." Like, oh, uh, I guess. That's really cute. Um, Then they were like, all right, well, we muddied up the running back room pretty well. Let's see what we can do with the wide receiver room. So um, we know Will Fuller's gone. Um, I believe we know that Waddle's there. We look at Miami right now, and we're talking about um, Parker and Waddle being your top two guys. They re-signed Preston Williams. Um, who's a guy that actually had a lot of promise uh, before he got injured. Uh, and then they brought in Cedric Wilson, and they brought in another San Francisco guy, Trent Sherfield. Juice that baby all the way up, Cedric. Uh, of those guys, Cedric Wilson got the most money. Um, I was actually kind of surprised that Dallas let Cedric Wilson and Cooper go. Um, yeah. But I, I really think, and then they re-signed, they franchise tag Mike Gusecki. So if I, if I look into last year, who was fantasy relevant on the Dolphins, it was Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki, and they made all these moves. And I think who's fantasy relevant on the Dolphins this year is Jalen Waddell and Mike Gusecki. Right. Agreed. I mean, unless, unless you own Chase Edmonds or Raheem Mostert already, you've got to hold on to those guys, especially Chase Edmonds. But right. you're not going to go out and get anyone on this team. No, I mean, even if Mostert's on the wire, he's 29 coming off back-to-back season-ending injuries. Um, yeah, if you want to, if you want to gamble around in that, you know, be my guest. You yeah. will not, you will not have to worry about me snagging him out from underneath you. Yeah, Mike McDaniel's was friendly to his former players, wasn't he? I see that now. Yeah, he really brought in a lot of Niners, so it's yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. It makes me kind of wonder how this is going to go. Let's go down to the Patriots. Um, they've stayed pat. <laughs> oh, I see uh, did there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you oh. A bitch. I know they've they've only they've only re-signed two players. Uh, neither of them, one completely not fantasy relevant, Brian Hoyer. Well, yeah, but that was required. You had to re- well, and so is the running back. They also re-signed James White. Right. So those two signings, they really don't mean anything because the Patriots are required to have Hoyer and White on their roster. What, what's more surprising to me is that the Patriots didn't do anything wide receiver market. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, right? I think they kind of blew their whole uh, free agency wad of cash last season. And they it did. looks like we're back to regular business as usual for the Patriots. Yeah. And there's no longer that, yeah, you know, we, we've talked about some guys who might sign there and maybe we'll, when we get into our remaining free agent wide receivers, we'll kind of think about which one of those would be a good fit. Jamison Crowder. I, I've been thinking yeah. Jamison Crowder there for months. Of course, every I've been th- other guy that I've said for months has all been wrong. So let's I'd probably add him to the list. Let, let me give you this guy because he wasn't available uh, in the off season until the last few days. But uh, now I like Jabaris Landry. 
I was going to mention that as well, but uh, the, the premature acquisition buzz on him is that uh, he may be going back to Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Because of, I, yeah, I guess he wanted yeah. out to try to play with Watson. So we see how that worked. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, let's go to the jets. Uh, really exciting. And uh, you know, I'm going to do this thing. Are you ready? All right. I'm going to slowly read off the names of, of four players that the, uh, the Chets went out right away and re-signed or signed as free agents to just really solidify a team that's always on the up and up. So I'm going to start slowly. Now, I've had coffee, so I'll be fine, but uh, this is maybe why I was driving for this segment. All right, everyone, bear with us. Joe Flacco. No! Yeah. No, you... Yeah. See, and, and I, I made that goddamn Joe Flacco sounder last season. And as I'm doing mm-hmm. it, I'm going, why am I wasting my time with a Joe Flacco sounder? I am never going to get to play this fucking thing. And well, you know what? Go, Ron, fire that some bitch up. Let's get one more use out of the Flacco sound. You've been Flacco. I, he's better than Zach Wilson last year. <laughs> That's uh, wasn't every quarterback on that roster though. Yeah, you know, the Jets are really shaping up for next year when Joe Flacco finally retires to signing Teddy Bridgewater to a one-year deal. Yeah, until they can get through that, you know, as a bridge to the next guy that they yeah. they're going to draft. But let's get more exciting. Let's go into the running back room. Let's give you Tevin Coleman. Hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a that is almost as much of a jet signing as Flacco. I don't know which one is more jets. Mm. Well, how about this tingly feeling you're gonna get right in your right in your berries? Braxton Berrios. Okay, I stand corrected. That might be the most jets signing. Wait, twelve million dollars for Braxton Berrios? For a two-year two. deal? That's right. Jesus yep. Christ. That is the most Jets signing of the offseason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then we get exciting. You know, they had to remake the tight end room. They went out. I mean, they clearly they had a plan. Right off the bat, they go out and they get two just monster tight ends. Oh, yeah. You got you to gotta have two tight ends, right? The Patriots right. did it. And- they were mediocre, so yeah, let's everybody get on board. So if you can just stay awake through the first guy, the second guy's pretty exciting. The first guy, Tyler Conklin. Oh wow, that's that's a that's the Jets making a splash right there. I mean, look at that. I mean, you wonder how a team can have better starters when when you look at the bench and you say. Why would you not be starting Joe Flacco, Tevin Coleman, Braxton Berrios, and Tyler Conklin right, and win I feel a Super like Bowl? They, I feel like they just re-signed their entire starting offensive unit. Uh, it's pretty gross. Uh, and then they then they went out and got uh, you know one of our uh, show favorites, CJ Uzuma. Oh no, they didn't. They did. Oh man. And not only that, they gave him a three year deal worth $24 million. Just when I think the Jets couldn't possibly do anything more stupid, they go and sign Yuzuma and completely redeem themselves. 
<laughs> they certainly do because CJ Uzuma will be 33 years old when that contract expires. Wow. He's 29 already. Yeah. And I said, it takes them five years to even be viable enough to know their names. I mean, let AFC championship CJ Uzuma. <laughs> okay. So, you know, usually those tight ends blossom at about year 29 when they have a all-star young quarterback. It's usually what you're looking for. So, you know, if you, if you connect the dots, look at how good Joe Burrow was with CJ Uzuma. Zach Wilson's probably going to follow suit. Well, the big hope is that Joe Flacco gets out there and then we really see That's that Uzuma value spike. Uh, Flacco to Uzuma. Oh, we've I know. Been, I've had we, about it. We've been waiting a decade. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the gypsy lady was right. <laughs> uh, let's move over to the AFC North. Uh, here's a first team who's, who's changed nothing in their offseason, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. <laughs> they have uh, really not lost anyone, not gained anyone, but uh, but what they they've gained a half a dozen running backs back from yeah, injury. Yeah. Right, right. That's a solid addition right there. You don't, right. You don't really need to get free agents. If you get 12 guys back from season ending injury. Right. Last year was kind of a, a running back retirement tour on that roster. Yeah. yeah. Being yeah. like, Oh, I forgot. Oh, I forgot about that guy. You know, I was kind of shocked by the end of it. That Todd Gurley wasn't a Raven. Um, <laughs> Todd Gurley <laughs> Ravens, buddy. Right. So uh, n- nothing really to report there. They'll be the same team, except with a lot of returning running backs. Uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, they, I mean, they had to go out and replace their key offensive piece in CJ Uzuma. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that though? I mean, well, you have you to know, try to. Uzuma was such a, a, a force. I mean, not, not just physically gifted, but just his intimidating presence. I mean, this was a man who would take a bath in chili if they won a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> so what better way to strike fear into your opponents than to put a pasty, red-headed, long-flowing lock of a man, Hayden Hurst, out on the field? Oh, man. Remember, remember the, uh, the 10 days a couple of years ago when he was uh, worth something? Mm. That was a fun week and a half. I do. Uh, you remember when the- him during that? Yes, I did. You got somebody to pay for that, you son of a bitch. I did. I flipped Hayden Hurst right away. Well um, done. Yeah. I mean, the, the shocking thing on that is that Hayden Hurst was drafted before Lamar Jackson in the first round. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. He, uh, the, the, so really, I, I look at that and say, I have no problem with that. If you're just looking to replace CJ Uzuma, you've got Hayden Hurst on a one-year deal. You, you had Drew Sample there already. He got hurt. He was not totally back from his ACL injury this year. Um, but no way should you be a Super Bowl team that needs offensive line help and you go out and pay C.J. Uzuma three-year, $24 million. That's not helping anyone. Right, because so, he had a stretch where he caught 92% of his uh, you know, three targets a game. Yeah. Like, he was so efficient. He was catching everything thrown at him and – he was barely viable when he was hauling in 91% of all of his targets and having a spike in touchdowns. Yeah. Like like you can only be less efficient than he was during the first half of last season. Yep. Yep. No, that's true. That was, that was crazy. Well, we're going to go to the Browns, which is obviously a team that's probably changed the most. Um, Damn. Yeah. um, You know, like 
from every aspect, the only thing that hasn't changed from a fantasy standpoint is that the running backs are still there. Um, so you've got uh, this Deshaun Watson fellow. I don't know. I don't even think he played last year, so I'm not really sure what the big deal is with him. Right. And he was healthy. So, I mean, he was a healthy yeah. scratch for a full yeah. season. So how good that's, can he be? That's really weird. I know I know he wasn't in any pain. He was getting massages all the time. Um, so, you know, the Dolphins are the Dolphins. The Browns went out and just decided to give up three first rounders, a third rounder, uh, a fourth rounder, and then guarantee the guy with a $230 million contract fully guaranteed couldn't believe i heard fully guaranteed man you learned from the kirk cousins school of contract negotiation well here here's the thing that and and deshaun watson was in a place where he got to pick this right right and this i'm gonna tie these two signings to each other in this weird roundabout way uh if if you followed we don't really talk about defensive players on the show because they don't, they're not in dynasty football, but I do want to connect the dots to what happened after I understood how this contract broke down a little bit more. Randy Gregory, this weird thing that happened for the Cowboys that he had a five year, 70 million deal or five year, $70 million deal with the Cowboys. And then two hours later, he signed with the Broncos for the same amount of money. There's something in the contract that made it different. And the reported thing is that the Cowboys wanted to put in these things that said, if you got in trouble with substance abuse again, your contract is worth less money. And the Broncos said, scrap that. Yeah, we don't give a fuck. We don't give a fuck. Go ahead and, and get in trouble. We'll, we'll risk that you get suspended for eight games and we'll give you the same contract. We'd rather take that gamble. So the, the big story on this Watson deal is where that money sits. The $100 million of that $230 million is the first year. Right. So Watson is guaranteed to make $100 million no matter how long his suspension is if he gets one. Yep. Which means the way it's broken down is that when he, when he misses a game, he'll only lose $53,000. Wow. So, so I think that's why when we're looking at the thing and being like, Oh, Watson's going to be in Atlanta or Saints. He said no to the Browns. He said no to the Panthers, and all of a sudden he signs with the Browns. I think the Browns sweep, uh, moved in and said, yo, Deshaun, we'll give you $100 million. Even if you're suspended the whole year next year, you'll make almost we'll, all We'll of guarantee it. all of it. Come on, right? come on down. Right? We've got, all this, uh, we've got all this money we've made from Progressive on our insurance, our, our commercials. Save so much on that insurance. Uh, so, so, so really after this year, he's got four years at 130 million, right? That's not terrible. What are we talking about? Uh, 30, like 31 a year or something like that. Right. Right. And, and Cleveland is not a, a city that I, I imagine there's only like two massage therapists in the whole city of Cleveland. So um, pro- probably a smart place for him to end up to you know, no one really gets in trouble in Cleveland. Fair. Jacoby Brissett got signed right away as the backup. Solid move. You're probably looking at Jacoby Brissett being the Browns quarterback for the, at least the first four games of the season, to be honest. Probably. Um, yeah. I think we're going to be in that four to eight range. Right. Um, and then they traded for Amari Cooper, which um, well, we talked earlier in the week. We were like, wow, his value tanked quickly. Um, and what did the Cowboys think about him that they basically got a fifth round pick for him? And that was it. Yeah, it's a um, salary dump. 
right? But all of a sudden, Amari Cooper becomes an important piece. Right. Because um, I was like, man, who do they got at wide receiver? And it's like, oh, yeah. just him. They have Amari Cooper and they signed Jakeem Grant, who um, I don't know if you remember last year, but Jakeem Grant for about two or three games for the Bears was this like stud wide receiver out of nowhere. Um, hmm. He's very, very fast. So, uh, and then Landry, they cut Landry. There's rumors that Landry, oh, I'm going to make a premature acquisition right here. Hell if you yeah. don't mind. I, let me go grab a clean sock. <laughs> and we'll talk about this. So it looks like Javaris Landry is probably going to re-sign with the Browns now that Watson's there. He wanted out because of Baker Mayfield. Now he wants back in. Um, so it, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens there. I don't know. That's a lot of money. $100 million guaranteed doesn't lend you a lot of room to be picking guys up. And uh, yeah, so they also franchise tag David Najoku, which I think is a really solid move. Um, right. And they pair that with uh, cutting Hooper. Right. Which is so Najoku's value to me. So if we look at the Browns, this is like a whole new team. You can't even say, we can't really even say whose value went up or down. And you most gotta, of them aren't there anymore. It's just right. the, the running backs are basically holding right where they were. Right. Um, Watson's value was his own. It didn't really yep. change as far as landing in Cleveland. And uh, yeah, Cooper maybe gets a little bump. Maybe. Yeah, and I, don't, I don't know if I like, you know, I, Cooper was, has always just been like Cooper. He's just like solid and he has a few like big games a season. I, like, I guess yeah, he's fine. I guess Najoku's the guy with Hooper going that maybe goes up the most in value. Yeah, I don't uh, know how much Watson likes to use his tight ends, but uh, I know find out. I know Kevin Stefanski does. True, true. Although I did make a rule at the dinner table last night with my family that uh, no one should hang out with people named Kevin. Uh, let's move down to the Steelers. I mean, this is this is your team. They. Hell yeah. I like the signing. I, I have talked to, I have a, a guy at work who's a big Steelers fan too. He was like, I'm not sure how I feel about Mitchell Trubisky. And I was like, I, you're not, I, you're not. Well, I, I actually love the Mitchell Trubisky signing and I'm not, I don't have to talk myself into it because I'm not a Steelers fan. I, I love the Mitchell Trubisky signing just, just because it's, a really great deal. Uh, two years, $14.25 million to get a quarterback at $7 million a year, unless he's really good. It goes up to $27 million. Right. Um, in a draft where, you know, there's no great rookie quarterback and the cost of trading for a decent quarterback is giving up the next few years of draft picks. I love giving Mitchell Trubisky a shot here, and I think it's a savvy financial move to do so. Well, the the big thing with that is it's even less about Mitch Trubisky as it is about what was it going to be without Mitch Trubisky, and that was Mason Rudolph fighting it out with Dwayne Haskins. Good God. And, I mean, just having Trubisky there to be like, okay, I'm fine with Rudolph being my backup, but that's it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the position we've got Trubisky, Haskins, and Rudolph all under contract for less than we were just paying Ben last year. We saved some cash. Uh, things are in much better shape than they were three weeks ago. I, 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 yeah, I, I was worried about a real couple of down years and I feel like we're back in the mix. Right. 
And now you have behind Trubisky, you've got Dwayne Haskins and Rudolph battling for the third spot or second spot, really. Right. I mean, uh, Dwayne Haskins, I don't love re-signing. I'll say that. Um, oh, I, I like you- that. Yeah, I thought that uh, was a good deal. I mean, he's another, like Trubisky, another guy who had first-round athletic talent. I mean, whether or not he can perform on the field, uh, you know, that's, I guess, up to the coaches. But uh, they definitely have draft pedigree, so I'm, well, uh, I'm here for it. Let me give me let me give you my Dwayne Haskins take. You don't need him to be great. He signed a, a a really small deal, and there's a chance that Dwayne Haskins doesn't make it out of of training camp. Um, he's going to take a big step forward. So let, let's look. That's your only offensive signing besides you. You guys signed a lot of offensive linemen, which is exactly what you need to do. And I think I think the thing that Trubisky brings to the table, why I like the signing, is he has the ability to scramble. And you guys are going to need a year or two to rebuild that offensive line. More than so likely, yeah. Why Why not get a cheap, scrambling quarterback who has a chance to be your franchise quarterback and not draft a rookie in this year's horrible class until you know that you've got a rookie who has an offensive line that gives them a fighting chance? So I think it's a great move. Um, <clears throat> you, you've kept your wide receiver. No, you haven't, actually. That's changed. No, we lost Juju. And you lost, lost Washington. Yeah, Washington never really saw the field, though. You've got Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson. And, you know, I hate to say it, but the history of the Steelers, you're, you're drafting an all-pro in the second or third round this year. Or maybe year. the fourth or fifth. Or, yeah. yeah, maybe one in, in, in each. Right. And uh, and you've got Fryermuth there who will get more targets this year as he comes along. So I, I think Mitch's value is probably higher than Ben Roethlisberger's. Clearly from last probably, year. Probably fair. Yeah. I mean, we had a lot of discussions last year on like, can I cut Ben? I don't right. think we'll have that discussion as much as Trubisky be, just because what his feet bring to the, to fantasy football. Yeah. Um, I think him and Rudolph and Haskins all do have a degree of that. Uh, <clears throat> Rudolph underrated runner. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do agree. Oh, good God. Let's go to the Houston Texans. This so we're we're looking at these signings together. There, there's absolutely nothing that happened there that that is exciting whatsoever. They re-signed Jeff Driscoll, Royce Freeman, and Chris Conley, and Pharaoh Brown. Ooh, and wow. they, <laughs> yeah, that's I could have read those slowly to you as well, and and we would have been able to take a nap. I think, I think the interesting thing that happens with the Texans, and you'll notice, uh, I noticed it uh, when, when we looked, made our list of, of teams that need a quarterback, we never think about the Houston Texans because Deshaun Watson was their quarterback. They actually, are they, are they going Davis? They're going Davis Mills next year. I mean, there's no talk of them looking for a quarterback. No, they've got a young guy who's got a cheap contract. They're a dumpster fire. Why right? would you invest money in a position like no, no, we're yeah. we're gonna roll with this. So I don't even think I don't even think the Texans, I think they have so many pieces they need. I don't think they're gonna go quarterback high in the draft at all. I think this is a team that probably has to rebuild that defense and Davis Mills will probably be the starting quarterback. Um yeah. I picked him up at in a dynasty at the end of last year thinking, Hey, why not? You know, yeah, I grabbed him a couple of times in a 12 man and wound up cutting him because I, 
just didn't have room to stash that many quarterbacks. But yeah, he is a guy that made it onto my radar. He had a couple of good games. He did. I mean, I think his best games are far better than Tua's best games. Yep. Um, of players that I like more on that team last year than this year, I like a, I do like a Davis Mills, and I also like a guy by the name of Nico Collins, who was a rookie wide receiver last year. Yeah. Um, where I got to look this up. I'm not really sure. Where did Brandon is Brandon Cook still he's, on that team? He's still there. I mean, that can't last. He's already played two full years there, so NFL rules dictate he has to leave. I don't know why he's still there, but I anticipate that changing. I'm trying to look at his contract, but it's like, it's still the Rams contract. He's been moved around. <laughs> uh, the internet can't keep up. Oh, yeah, let's see what this says right here. Yeah, he should have one year left, I believe. Uh, we'll, we'll say Cooks is going to be there for all, all we know at this point. Um, that, that's enough of the Texans. Oh, more than enough. Uh, the Colts, they've done nothing offensively, and we've already touched on their quarterback situation. They re-signed Moali Cox. Oh, I love um, Cox. Oh, I know you do love Cox. Oh, just <laughs> can't get enough. Give me, give me more Cox. I, I will take, I'll take Mo Cox any day. <laughs> Mo Cox to the Colts. I... Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, they had Carson Wentz, who was Cox enough, um, <laughs> but now they got Mo Cox. Uh, that's it. There, we we can't assess that team without a a, a quarterback. I, there's nothing to talk about until they figure that piece out. Um, I, I, but I do need to know: is there uh, Colts depth chart? Is it really? I think it's Jake Fromm. Any guesses? I I keep wanting to say fucking Tolzien, and I know that's wrong. Oh, it's not even. I'm wrong. Jake Fromm's not even on there. What? It's, it's I I got the wrong guy. It's Sam Ellinger is the guy I'm uh, thinking of. Nah, Ellinger. Who the fuck is Jake Fromm? Is that a person? Yeah. Oh, he's, he's, a, he's in the he's XFL. A, he's a Bill. That's what it was. Ah, uh, yeah. That's My right. Bad. That was one of their signings as a backup yep. or something, wasn't it? Yep. I got that wrong. Okay, so Sam Ellinger. That's exciting. Ellinger, Tolzien, same thing. Yeah, moving on. Whoever they have will be better. Let's go to the Jaguars, who... Christ. They got some players that were the equivalent of the players they had, but they paid them a lot more. Yeah, apparently they're just going to run four slot-wide receivers out there. Yeah. That's the plan. They signed Zay Jones, which is pretty boring. Um. They signed Christian Kirk to way too much money. Stupid fucking deal. Way too much money. $84 million for four years. $37 million fully guaranteed. I mean, that he's, is... He's been, what, below okay? I mean, when you're not a... it's People kind of... His like stats from last year are just not that impressive. Or considering other year. He's 5'11". He's fast, but I mean, like... Yeah, he's another slot guy. I mean, good for him. 77 catches last year, five touchdowns. I mean, with Kyler Murray. I mean, um, and that's his best year by far. By far. So far. uh, It's a lot lot of money for a dude that... I, I, I think Christian Kirk's one of those guys where if you have a good quarterback, it makes that quarterback... uh 
better, but I don't think Christian Kirk makes Trevor Lawrence better. I think Trevor Lawrence makes Christian Kirk worse. I think that's just a chef's kiss of yeah. perfect Jacksonville signing. Like that's what do we get? Four years, 72 million, half of it guaranteed. Right. Oh yeah. Jackson, perfect. Well done. Where they could have, they could have signed. I know they're different players, but they could have signed DJ shark to uh one year, 10 mil kept him. They have LaViscus Chenault already. The, the, um, and the premature acquisition on him is that they may be shopping him. Right. And they've got Matt Jones or Matt Jones. Good Lord. I wish they still had Matt Jones. Me too. That would make this a much better show. He would be fun to road trip with. I I would. I would like to do a LaVisca Chenault with him. Oh, (laughs) I believe many people have. Um, So, hey, that's that's a hot mess. And again, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter who goes there until we see what Trevor Lawrence does with a decent coach. Well, and then Um, they sign Evan Engram, who's the bulk of his interest in the free agent market was as a slot wide receiver. Yep. He's only, I mean, he's six, three, he's a good size, but like I said, for this current crop of mutant tight ends, he's kind of smallish. The the giants used him in the slot, a good portion. He's another injury prone dude. It's like, it's like they just keep, they're going to, I don't know. Maybe they'll just run a whole bunch of slot guys out there. Well, I will say I, we don't talk a lot about their signings, but they did sign Brandon Scherf, who's probably one of the best guards available in football. They're trying; okay. you can see they're trying to rework that offensive line. Um, the one thing I would say about Christian Kirk going there—I mean, way too much money. But what Trevor Lawrence was, what he did in college was he was really good at throwing it short and having stellar performers. And Christian Kirk fits that bill. And last year it seemed like. Trevor Lawrence is just trying to throw it deep over and over and over. So I think they're trying to build an offense that is short passing and improving their offensive line. That being said, uh, unless you own Christian Kirk, actually, if you have any thought that Christian Kirk might actually be decent, you might be able to get him cheap right now because someone who owns him is depressed. I don't know. I think that's going to go the opposite route. I think fantasy Twitter is going to shit themselves over. Here comes Christian Kirk wide receiver one. If you got yeah. him, I suggest fucking dealing him right now to yep. some guy who's got that preseason stack of dimes going and, yep. uh, and let him overpay for a guy that's probably going to uh, not produce anywhere near that contract. I agree. Let's move down to the Titans. They made a splash on Saturday night. They signed uh they traded for Robert Woods. Bobby Trees. For a six-round pick. This doesn't always feel like you. it. It does. It always feels like an insult to these players when you're like. <laughs> a six. A six. You know, like, like Amari Cooper was basically a fifth, and Bo- Bobby Trees is a six. Like, how like, dare you, sir? I demand satisfaction. Yeah. What do you, what do you tell your friends when you're Bobby Trees? Well, he's like, injured. So, I mean. It's true. It's I mean, true. And, that, I think that's the only reason they get him for a six is that they're going to have to hold the bag on that one and hope that the rehab goes well and, and that he's yeah. back in a reasonable amount of time. I and don't it, know what contract looks like, but hopefully there's a few years to at least let him try to recoup the yeah. value. Well, I mean, they basically Woods replaces Julio Jones, which is a totally different wide receiver, which is probably beneficial to Tennessee because I think what they ended up last year when those few games that Julio and Brown were both healthy, they just had – guys that you want to throw it long to and they lacked the underneath stuff. So you can see their, their signings 
Uh, Austin Hooper and Bobby Trees are what they've added, and those are yeah, all short yardage guys. Austin Hooper is definitely a short yardage guy. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we, you know, last year we weren't very good at four yard passes, and they're like, well, because we had Derrick Henry, because he's a four yard pass. So uh, I, I don't think that I don't like Bobby Trees' value there just because they don't use it. I think no. it's a, a fine thing, but his time of being fantasy relevant is probably over as is probably well, Austin Hooper. I could see just the way Tennessee likes to throw to the tight end in the red zone. I don't Austin know. Hooper they might be shit with their tight ends last year. Yeah, they had, but who was I the mean, guy they had shit? I mean, who, fair who was, who was that white guy they had that I'm forgetting is Anthony Fisker for, for Ferkser or something like Ferk, that. Yeah. Ferk, Ferkser. I mean, he's, He's a poor man's Austin Hooper. Like, you know what? You just made the list. Yeah. <laughs> Not worth the list. <laughs> I want to waste the ink on this. Uh, let's move to AFC West here. We've got um, we've got the Broncos obviously changing the face of the franchise with one move. Russell Wilson. Well played. I mean, Russell Wilson's now the quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Uh you know, we, we did a segment in the offseason about free agency, and I I said just with the uh, or the coaching piece, and I said just with Nathaniel Hackett there, the value of those wide receivers goes up so much more than what they had just last year. Not being Teddy and Drew Locke. Yeah. Just that 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 subtraction made their value all go up. Right. So you, you take a team who had a the most boring defensive head coach in the history of the NFL. Bang. Bring, bring in an all pro um quarterback who's won a Super Bowl, bring in an offensive coordinator who just coached uh, an MVP quarterback for two seasons. Uh, yeah. If you, your window to buy Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, and Jerry Judy is probably passed already. It has now closed. If you want to be sneaky and probably the person's going to be like, why is he asking for that guy? Because Noah Fant went in the deal. There's a, a tight end by the name of Albert Ungabunga. Um, but being a Broncos fan, we just call him Albert O. Um, Albert O tight end might be a sneaky guy to pick up in a dynasty league. Um, but again, anyone who owns Albert O already probably already is aware of the situation. And, um, and for Russell Wilson, you, you can look historically, he's not a guy that really likes to go to that tight end. Um, no. You can argue if that is because they've never had a good tight end, but you pointed right. out earlier, they made that Jimmy Graham trade. I mean, he, he was still in the back end of his prime and it's that, true. that didn't pan out to anything. I just, well, I just can't see Russell Wilson throwing a tight ends. He doesn't do it. Well, and if you look at Nathaniel Hackett's track record of, uh, being a Packers offense coordinator, they didn't throw yeah. to a tight end either. So it's it's not stacking up very well, which is why I think the Broncos were comfortable putting Noah Fant in the deal. Well, I think that's what, yeah, that's why you make the trade because you're like, oh, here's a guy who's talented, but we don't have any use for him because we don't throw to the fucking tight end. So right. you might take as him. well have him. You can take him to Seattle where you also don't throw to a tight end. Right. So, um, The other story I would say at the Broncos is that like many, many, many teams in the NFL, uh, they have not signed a, a running back yet. There's a lot of, I'll do a premature acquisition. There's been a lot of stories that Melvin Gordon is going to end up back in Denver. Um, Javante Williams is going to be a stud regardless. Yeah. Even if he's, they split almost 50, 50 last right. year. 
even if Gordon comes back, even if the timeshare stays 50-50, which it won't, I mean, even if it's 60-40, yep. Williams arrow is pointing up. Yep, for sure. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we talked about the one place that we thought Melvin Gordon would be solid at uh, is Miami, and they clearly, um, well, I guess we can't say clearly. Yeah, there's, there's, there's still time. There's still time to pick up three more running backs for that room. Yeah, it was him in uh, Miami and Seattle was the two spots I thought was a good fit for him. But yep. yeah, I don't, I don't think that's coming to fruition. I don't believe so. Uh, let's go to the Chiefs. They made one move in the uh, off season. They've signed Juju Smith Schuster. Um, I, I love that yeah. deal. I'm not Solid big on deal. Schuster. I've uh, I've been a Pittsburgh fan forever. I had a guy try to trade him to me a couple of years ago, and what I did was send him back a graph that I had drawn that showed um, everyone's interest in Juju, and it showed you know a big spike and a dip and a spike, and then it showed my interest in Juju, which was a flat line, well, well below that. Like, yeah, I know what he is. I know who he is. He's a good player. Yeah, I'm not paying for him. No, <laughs> not fucking well, paying for him. And we've we've a few times been deceived by that by that guy in this role um, being a huge like oh if they could just get another but that's not how they operate like they they switch out guys they kind of play it like the Patriots outside of Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey is like we're gonna scheme this is a Pringle game and this is a uh, you know uh, Sammy Watkins game or they had Josh Gordon in that role last year so uh, it's. I like Juju Smith-Schuster's value to go up, obviously, higher sure. than in Pittsburgh, but I still don't trust that the Chiefs are going to use him consistently. Um, but you, you never know. But, you know. Well, uh, here's the thing we mentioned on the pod the other day, is last season, the way teams schemed Kansas City defensively, they were basically taking away the deep shit and daring Mahomes to throw short and intermediate stuff underneath. And Mahomes was like, I still want to throw deep though. So he was trying to force these deep balls down the field to his big speedy wide receivers. If you get a guy like Juju who can work the underneath and intermediate routes, I think you start to see Mahomes take what defenses are giving him and, yeah. and work it to somebody like Juju until he can get a shot open to a yep. wide receiver. I think his role is really to open up the field, uh, open or spread the field and open up the offense. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what his numbers are going to be, but I think he improves the team's offense as a whole. Yep. I agree. I agree. Um. No, we're going to move on to the chart or the charges, the Raiders. And they've made one huge, huge splash over the week. Wow. Um, they traded for Devonte Adams, uh, which I think was absolutely, absolutely shocking when okay. it happened. Um, now that I get the backstory, it's a little less shocking. Well, to be honest, acquiring a uh, 30 year old green Bay wide receivers has worked out so well in the past for the Raiders. Yeah, so I mean, why not try another twenty-nine-year-old wide receiver? Because you know, James Jones and Jordy Nelson, and uh, who who is the other one? Is... Oh, well, I mean, I, I Javon Walker ended there up in it is. Denver. Yeah, they've done it like four times with uh, Green Bay wide receivers that were twenty-eight plus, and uh, it has not gone well. I, I'm I'm going to go the opposite route. 
And I didn't know the backstory. I just saw the splash. I was like, oh my God. I mean, it's a ton of money to spend. And, and I'm only going to look at from a dynasty standpoint. If you have Adams, you have Adams. If you don't, right. he's, he's too, he's at 29. He's too old to give up the capital you need to get him on your roster. Um, it kind of reminds me of like um, near the end of Terrell Owens career, right? right? Where you're just like, I, I can't not have him on my roster and start him, but I, I can't get anything for him because everyone knows. Yeah, you only got too two, close to the end, right? But what I did not know when the trade happened is I did not know that Devonte Adams was a lifelong Raiders fan. I okay. did not know that piece. Okay, I did not know that uh, Carr and Adams were college teammates. Okay, that I had heard. I didn't know that piece. I also didn't know that money was that this was essentially the same contract the Packers were offering that Adams just wanted to play for the Raiders and play with Derek Carr at some point in his career. This was his last chance. Yeah. And the word was that the Packers may have actually added, uh, had been slightly uh, more cash. Right. Right. But who knows? I'm in Packer country. So they always, they always really like to grease the fucking skids on on that. Oh, the Packers offered them more. I take those two storylines, but then I take this other one little piece that's out here. And, uh, and I hate the guy because I'm a Broncos fan, but I respect the guy because I'm a football fan. And Josh McDaniels is the head coach. And one thing I know about Josh McDaniels is that he gets the best out of his quarterback by far. I mean, like really, like Mac Jones, uh, I, I have a sneak, sneaking suspicion that next year Mac Jones is not, a, not the story we thought he was that Bill O'Brien will come in and be like, oh, no, no, no. That was, that was Josh McDaniels because I saw Josh McDaniels make Kyle Orton look really good. In Denver. <laughs> That's exactly the name I was going to use. Right. So Pumpkin haircutted freak. But then I also thought, you know what? The contract is what's mind-boggling. The connection to Rodgers and the lifelong, uh, take all that stuff out of it. Josh McDaniels traded for Randy Moss. And Moss was like 28 years old. At that right. time, look at Moss's numbers for those, those two seasons. I think Adams has the potential sizzling hot takes to be a better wide receiver for about two years in Oakland or in Oakland, in Las Vegas than he is in Green Bay. And that's, that's just my hot take. Hmm. I, I, See potential of Carr locking in just as much as Rodgers did, but McDaniel's scheming for it a little bit better. But that's the thing. Even if he does lock in as much as Rodgers did, and even uh, you know Green Bay didn't have any other weapons either, I just don't see how he can reach that same target share and that same production that he had in Green Bay with less weapons around him and technically a better quarterback. So although, like you said, he's still a a must start, a must play guy. I think his value takes a little bit of a ding. I think Derek Carr's value goes up and um, I don't know. I think uh, uh, Waller's we'll we'll see how Waller comes back. Yep. 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 We're we're talking like the difference for us, maybe a handful of touchdowns and like 20 catches, right? Right. When we're saying value wise 40 points over the course of 16 or 17 fucking games. I certainly wouldn't. I certainly would be worried if Devontae Adams ended up on about 15, 16 other teams. I would not be. I'd be more worried than him ending up where he did. 
I would say that. Like if Devontae Adams got traded to the Jets, the Dolphins, the Texans, you know, the Jaguars, all those pieces, I would be like, oh, that's terrible. This is not a terrible scenario. Uh, let's go to the Chargers, who just basically is bringing back the same team. They re-signed Mike Williams. They're, they're good to go. Like, there's nothing new happening with the Chargers. All their players from last year should have similar projections for this year. Yeah, yeah, not a whole lot of movement there. Uh, if you don't mind, I got to pull over the car here before we move into the NFC and just, I got to drain the lizard. Yeah, I'm with you. I might yeah. have to take a shit in a cornfield. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Uh, I'd hate to say that. I, I'd like to say this is the first time. But... 